0: is for the way you look at me o is for the only one i see v is very very extraordinary e is even more than anyone that you adore and love is all that
1: i can Can give. give To you. Love.
0: And we're back for part two of this COVID love series story. Part two. Thing we got going. Yep. Kinda. So we got to hear about Chopa and Stefan um, in part one. And tonight, for part two, we have, dun, dun, drum roll dun. please. We have Mr. and Mrs. Eric Horton, AKA.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't like to get it that big for our wedding. That's awesome. I'll yeah, that was a big one.
0: Yeah. oh yay <laughs> i'll take i'll take that as a compliment i could be like the, i wanted to do like the announcers like you know when you have like someone subbing to the game and like now coming to you know like whatever number 24 coming to the
3: aisle we have the uh-huh. newly introduced Fortons. how does it sarah have you um i don't know i guess since it's we're all social distancing you may not be around too many people anyway but like have you gotten used to responding to like Mrs. Fortin, has anyone called you that yet?
4: No, Um, people are like writing it. Like like my like close friends, they'll like text me, like, hi, Mrs. Fortin, uh, but I'm like, I'm not used to saying it, especially because my name is not officially changed yet. Mm. So like any type of, I mean, like any type of like appointment or anything official, like I still have to use my old last name. Mm, uh, that's like what's on the record, so I'm really not used to it yet.
3: Well, in all but, fairness, it's changed on Instagram. So uh, you guys are Instagram yeah. official, so that's, that's, how that's how what really matters. Yeah. Forget the government.
4: Just figured out how to do it on Facebook uh, yesterday. Oh, Ooh. so we're Facebook official. I think like
3: that's. I'm serious. It's better than being government official. I mean, maybe yeah, not on I'm legal sure. documents, but.
0: Me, so. <laughs> how long does that name change process take?
4: I don't know. It's like,
2: I think it kicks off whenever I decide I want to fix the printer and get that. You know, face-
4: oh.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Long story.
0: Oh my goodness. I yeah. can Go ahead, Elizabeth. No, I
3: I love it. I think you guys are, Um, I had the pleasure of doing um, co-hosting or co-facilitating with Eric for our midweek. And Literally every single week, it was like tuning into a really long, um, like limited series, mini series saga of just like ongoing testimonies in his life, which I know, Sarah, you were very much a part of, even though you may not have been present to like share additional details for. So I am just so excited for today's episode, just to be able to hear firsthand from you both about. I mean, of, of course, your love story started before 2020, but I feel like 2020 definitely gave you guys amazing stories to tell your grandkids, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. For
1: exactly. sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like
3: before 2020, so we know that your relationship started before then. How did y'all meet?
2: So uh, it was, you know, a nice quiet evening. It was on a Pacific shore and, uh, you know, the temperature was perfect. It was a beautiful 72 degrees. I was walking in my, you know, freshly tailored suit having just gotten out of a meeting at the UN. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs>
0: Sarah's face was like, what is going
2: Feels on? was
3: like I'm going to wait for the uh, truth. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, you know, Pastor Vance at Five Church, you know, he has a Funny saying that the divine dub, AKA Twitter is kind of, you know, how he found vibe church. Um, I have another divine animal. There's a divine bee, um, you know, so, and uh, you know, that's Bumble. So we essentially saw each other on Bumble. Um, yes. And yeah, it was kind of a funny story, you know, Bumble, for those who don't know, hopefully anybody listening to this knows this, but on Bumble, uh, you both have to swipe, but then uh, the, 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 the female, the woman has to, um, actually reach out first once you both yeah. combine on it.
4: The guy is not allowed to start the conversation exactly. on Bumble. So, and it, once you both have matched, it gives you a 24 hour limit. If you don't, like if I didn't start a conversation within 24 hours, then like he right. would have been gone.
2: Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, and I don't say this, you know, like, I mean, like all she has to do is hold up her hand. Like that's all the points I need, but you know, as as, you know, um, you know as, as far as points go, no, this is not for points, but uh, I, I remember sitting in a car outside of a bank it was early morning. I was on my way to like, I, I think I was going to the gym or something. And, um, I remember seeing that, like, you know, we had matched up and uh, you kind of did one of these things for, you know, you kind of look around you're like, wait, did she really match up with me? This is nuts. Like, she's so beautiful. And like, this is amazing. And, uh, and I remember being in shock and then the first message that, uh, she, she was a question where she essentially asked, like, tell me more about your church or like, you know, yeah, I think that was it. Right. Tell me more about your church. Yeah. So that's kind of how I knew at that point that like, number one, I was still dumped like, whoa, I hope she like didn't think I was some other guy because, you know, my pictures aren't that good. But, uh, but yeah, that was the first question. And then, you know, we just got a new uh, conversation and, you know, yeah, it's things just kind of started rolling.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was just about to say, cause I put, tell me more about your church question mark. Okay. So if I get back on dating apps, this, that's going to be my opening. this, this is, more. this is, this is it right here. I just even wrote it even down. if
3: we don't see that there's a church on there, I'm just gonna try it. Maybe it's just a, a miraculous Hi, tell phrase. Me your
4: church. Yeah. Tell
0: me about tell me more about your church, sir. Okay, Sarah.
4: All, I was like at the point with dating apps where I mean I, for a while I had been, you know, like as you can select your religion on there, but everybody selects Christian. And all
1: right. Oh yeah.
4: <laughs> and and so I was like, okay, I'm no longer looking at that, but there's sections on there where like you have the opportunity to write anything about yourself that you want mm-hmm. and so I made this decision like okay if this guy's relationship with God is not going to be central enough to his life for him to put it in his bio then mm. then I don't need to waste my time wait a time and so so then I, so then I also just stopped caring about like trying to do like cute intros or like nice small talk like i just was like if this guy thinks i'm awkward then like i'm not losing anything because he's not technically in my life like Mm,
3: i love that perspective
4: you don't need to waste any time on like what did you have for breakfast how was your weekend
0: like (laughs) the worst
4: i'm just gonna ask like a real serious question up front and their answer will tell me everything i need to know about them
2: yeah or you could have just been like you know All right, Fast and Furious movies, one through eight ranked best to worst, Start. Oh,
4: really
2: cool. I would have dropped to a knee right there. Sarah was
3: like, I mean, Sarah's probably like, I wasn't
2: even thinking about that.
4: I didn't watch movies that much. (laughs) Good (laughs) thing you didn't ask me that.
2: was, it was my backup question. Like, if all else failed, that was kind of like the, in case of emergency, break last, but didn't have to use it, so that was great. No, it's it's interesting, you know, there's so many different dating sites nowadays, you know, kind of to what Sarah was just talking about. Um, I had given up on it pretty much. I was kind of at this point where, um, you know, I did that thing that I forget who talks about it, but they say, I think it's Andy Stanley, uh, sorry, Pastor Andy Stanley talks about taking a year off dating, you know, kind of instead of trying to find the right person, trying to, instead of trying to find the right person, you try to become the person that you want to date. Um, mm. So I kind of had gone through that. Um, you know, I had just kind of, I mean, years, right? Like I, I met Sarah when I was 30. What was I? 37? 36? Uh, I it was yeah. 30, yeah, it was 30,
0: 36.
2: Sure. Yeah, it was either 36 or 37. I know, I do know it was January 28th, the first day I went around.
0: It was, I love oh that
3: you gosh. know the date oh, yes. before you know the yes. age.
4: January 29th. Because it was day the on. day after my birthday.
2: Yeah, but... You know, it was just, I remember being at this very specific point and I know it's so cliche, but I was kind of just, I had done every, every single dating site and I paid, I don't even know how much for monthly memberships. We all start with match. That's the oldest one. Then you go to eHarmony because some old Dr. Dude on the TV says, "Hey, <laughs> it's a work for you. And like, you know, they ask 30 questions as opposed to just fill out some information. Then you get on like plenty of fish because you're broke from paying all those months and it's free. So like, Oh, let's check this out. <laughs> And then, like you know, I mean, I'm not even gonna lie, and, like y'all can edit this out, but like I got on J date, like I was like, oh, why not, you know? Obviously, <laughs> wait, like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, what's J? Hold what? on
3: for the listener. What's J
2: date? The so J date essentially is a. All right, I'm just gonna say It's it's a Jewish dating service. Um, and you know, I just thought, you know, maybe I should get a niche. Like maybe I, you know, maybe like you know, it's it's the I Jewish. I cannot. Dating, like, it's important to them. And then you know, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I had that. And then you know, I, he said, oh yeah, I had that. And then I think when it really <laughs> shook out was when I got on Farmers Only. No, I'm just- no, so no, I that, Eric,
3: that would have been, we, yeah, that would have been a major shock to people on there once they found out that you in fact are not a farmer.
2: Yeah. Oh my goodness. This beard, you know, only does so much, that's I think. That's
0: that's as far as it goes.
2: But, um, but you know, I think with all of that, you know, just all the, you know, we could do a whole show just about awkward dating experiences. I've shared a lot with yeah. with Sarah um, you know, hugs where you, you were going in for a hug and then, you know, but anyway, um, <laughs> but no, it was, uh, it was something where, you know, I had gotten to this point where I was like, you know, I'm 36 or 37, whatever it was 37, You're
4: 36, because we, you've had two birthdays.
2: Oh, that's right. And c- we celebrated me twice with yeah. you. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it was, uh, I just got to this point where it's like, you know what, got my own place, live alone, work's going good. You know, I could pretty much go wherever I want, you know, just on the, the drop of a dime. And I was like, you know what, life's good. Like I'd be fine just being single. And you know, it was uh it was one of those realizations, kind of like your my entire life, I thought that oh, I have to find a significant other. Um, and you know, it was just so unexpected. And they say that's how it always is, so it's kind of cliche, but um, but yeah, that's kind of how it was. Never ever expected it. And you know, that's how it happened.
4: Yeah. I was in a similar place actually, mm-hmm. like I have known since I was little that I was supposed to have a family and be a mom. Um, but I had been through like the ringer with relationships and I just was like, I just don't want to do the relationship piece. Like, and so there had been a season in my life where I had prayed like, okay, God, can you just like take this mom calling off my life? And I was like, Mm. I'll be like totally content staying single. Like, and if I don't have to have kids, then I just never have to get married. don't have to do this anymore. Um, but that didn't work. And uh, obviously, I love it. Yeah, We're here. And and New, Year's Day, Day. New Year's Day of 2019, I have a tradition of going to Bodega Bay mm-hmm. and just like staring at the waves and talking to God about the coming year. And I remember like 2019 New Year's Day, I was supposed to have plans with a friend and she canceled on me last minute. And I was like, so happy. Like I'm, I'm one of those like introvert people that like gets excited when plans get canceled. Cause
3: 'Cause you weren't dressed anyway. You were already, you were already in bed.
4: More alone time. I'm down. Like (laughs) I had this leisurely morning and did whatever I wanted. And then I was talking to God, looking at the ocean, like see, like being alone really is the best. Like, look at all this great stuff that I got to do today that I wouldn't have got to do if I was hanging out with my friend. And God was like, clearly said to me, like, you can enjoy this alone time now, but you need to start learning how to enjoy being with others as much as you enjoy being alone, because this is your last New Year's single.
3: Wow. Wait, you like, what did it feel like? Because that sounds Like, how did you differentiate between maybe your own desires, like maybe, Mm. you know, like a passing thought in your head and like, God, like how did did it, did it have like this special feeling?
4: Well, it was shocking, but also like it did not, it didn't line up with my own desires.
1: Mm.
4: Like Mm. I was in that place where I was like, I'd be much happier staying single not having to do the work of a relationship, put the effort in, like, I really like my life. I don't feel like I'm lacking anything. Like, I don't want to be meeting these people and having these random conversations and having to get to know them and then find out like, okay, we're not a match and then have to undo it all. Like, I just, I was like, that's not what I would have gladly stayed single. And God really obviously didn't have that plan for me so but I didn't think that I would meet him that month (laughs) (laughs) like I thought that I would be meeting somebody like in November like I thought I have tons of time like whatever and so I was really just on the dating apps like out of obedience to God as crazy as that sounds like I wasn't plan. I wasn't willing to like change up my actual life and like I'm like, okay, I'm not meeting anybody at work, obviously. And I'm not meeting anybody at church. Like I'd already dated a few guys at my church. And so I was like, I'm not going to date any more people at my church. (laughs) And so I'm like, like, I don't, I'm not willing to like go places where I'm going to be like meeting new people all the time. So like, that's why I was on the apps. Like, I know that it's God's plan for me to have a relationship. I know I'm supposed to be doing something about it. So fine. I'll do this, and just like so random.
2: Yeah, I think um, it's it is interesting too, right? Because I think that you know it's not just kind of like oh we met each other and you know, just so happened like you know yeah we both like right and like you know she <laughs> talked to me Oops, I thought she was out of my mind but uh, you know I think that it, oh it's just, you know kind of just where we were at like both points in our lives, right? Yeah. Like I think you know for me I think the one thing I had struggled with you know so. For those who don't know me, I mean, you know, my life is pretty much born and raised in the Bay Area. Um, kind of lucked into, you know, the, this this crazy tech sphere. Worked at companies. They, you know, started small, got big, and you know, i moved all over the country. Um, and you know, I just I just kind of was at this point where, you know, I'd gone to Christian schools growing up, but I never really just, you know, I knew God, but I never followed God, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I think
2: that, um, you know, the the difference was is like, you know, like even the years before I met Sarah. I was going to a church, but, you know, Sunday would be the only day I'd be standing, serving at the door, doing all the, you know, the, the offering, carrying the basket around. But the minute that the clock hit 1201 on Monday, I was back to my normal life. And I think that what God really showed me, and this is more in hindsight now, is I think that at the point that I met Sarah, and, you know, we just kind of got to that point, um, I think that Christ had really started to do the work on my identity. Because um, it was something I was looking for for a while, right? Like you're in these companies, you know, you, it's easy to feel kind of like an imposter, right? Especially when you're working next to people who've gone to like Harvard, Yale, you know, it's people who are established and, you know, you're, you've gone to like community college and, you know, got up by the skin of your teeth, you know? And I think that it was just something where identity was something I was struggling to find for a while. And I think that around the time I met Sarah, I finally got to a point where I was like, okay, I know who I am in Christ. Um, I have a now, the foundation. And it's amazing how the other things really started coming into effect um, or coming into place. And you know, I think that when I met Sarah, I think it's no accident that you know, God had really kind of said, OK, like, you know, I've done this work you know, through you um, and I've worked on you. So now I think you're going to be in a better place. And I think that, you know, obviously we could attribute it to the fact that, you know, the Bumble algorithms did really well, but, um, but you know, I think that, you know, it's also like, I think where God had been working in my life, just like with Sarah, you know, it's yeah. like, Hey, regardless if you want somebody right now or not, you're going to be in a better place when that person does come along. And, you know, it's because you've you know done the work to you know really work on your heart and your mind and place your identity on a firmer foundation.
4: Yeah. So
0: one mic drop episode over i know we can i wish y'all could just see how they talk about their love story with each other like we're not even in the room together it's just like okay y'all can have your moment i'm gonna step off to the side of i know her. it's like i mean we
3: can <laughs> i mean we can stop like the interview and you guys can just continue this like the gazing into each other's eyes and just yeah the natural
0: and like mood. the little nuggets that keep getting past in this room i'm just like what is going on should i be taking notes are we in the- is this? a sunday I mean, sermon
3: like i'm glad that this is recorded so i can just like play it back as just, so I don't have to take notes pretty much. I mean, like Nicole said, there's so many nuggets and I, so I wouldn't be rude. I didn't interrupt all the different times. I was like, wait, 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 clarify. But
4: <laughs> what?
3: <laughs> one thing that I feel like for, some of us who can relate in terms of like age group right so especially as christians i feel like sometimes the um we see a lot of people maybe get married in their 20s or earlier right so i just turned 30 this year nicole's 32 and yeah so now i can officially say i'm in my 30s and What can you say for like the both of you, like, what can you say to those who have passed that, that, that 30 threshold and everyone's always like, when are you going to get married and becomes even more, we feel the pressure even more to be like, God, like, is this just my desire? How do you wait? How do you hold on to that hope? Like before you met Eric, before you met Sarah, like, how did you maintain that hope?
2: Mm, that's interesting. You know, I think there's a kind of, there, there's a couple of things to speak to. And I know, you know, I mean, just calling it what it is, like I know it's different for men than it is for women potentially because of, you know, biological, you know, hopefully I didn't sound too insensitive, but I've, you know, I have heard that. Real. Um, but, you know, I think for guys, you know, I mean, the biggest, <laughs> the biggest person, and, you know, she still, she still gives me crap to this day. The biggest person that was really kind of like, you know, looking, doing like the watch tap thing was my mother. And, uh, you know, she had this whole thing of like, she would always come up and like, I'd be at their house. And she'd say like, TikTok. Like she would literally say TikTok. And this was before, wow. you know, that little like, you know, after. Before
3: the dances and the challenges.
2: <laughs> <laughs> before that it was, you know, and it's, it's something where, you know, it's, it's just, She was joking around, but, you know, there's probably something behind it, you know, and so I think that, you know, kind of for the people who kind of hit that mark, you know, they've tried a lot, especially for guys like I was there. Right. I mean, I again, I had gone on every single dating app. I dated Christian women. I dated non-Christian women. I dated you know, women who were just, you know, it's so different than I was. And I even dated one woman who knew every single crazy record that I brought up, no matter how much, no, no matter how obscure talking through my record collection, I'll never forget it. She's like, Oh, I love that. I love that. I know that this, this is track number three, right? I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is good, but it turned out it didn't work. So I think that what you really, that what what I really encourage people to do, especially guys is, you know, you just really have to assume that, you know, even in the midst of that seeming like, you know, it's tough, it's never gonna happen, just knowing that God is still doing a work, right? Mm. God is still doing a work. Um, Whether that work is like, hey, this person's not the right one for you, right? Um, I can't tell you how many bombs that I dodged, you know, on that, right? Like, when I look back, I know that sounds awful, but like, there's seriously, the story about how I actually- Hey,
0: hey, hey, this is real talk, okay?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Real talk, real love, real God. All right, got it. All right, so- Yes. Kind of no, but um, sorry, this is getting really long winded. But what I want to say for you know, the guys who are kind of going through that is, you know, when you feel when you feel like it's really getting tiresome, you're like, you know, I, I don't I feel like I can't do this any longer. I think that's when you really have to st- take a step back and say, OK, God, you know, just show me what your purpose is for me at this point. You know, in Psalms, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, one prayer they call the dangerous prayer. I know there was a Bible study they called this. this I think it's Psalm 139. It says, you know, search me, oh God, and know my heart. And I think that what's so important about that is, you know, people want to hear God all the time. But I think that when it comes to wanting to hear God, we have to be listening to God. And I think that, you know, sometimes what God will do is he will maybe not tell you something or answer a question directly right when you want to, but that's done in order to show you like, hey, maybe there's an area in your life where you're not listening to me.
3: Hold on, Eric. I, I just feel like you're speaking directly towards me and I don't appreciate it. Do you see I my feel, face? Do you see I, my yeah, face? <laughs> I know Nicole and I are both just like, we feel personally attacked. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, continue because this is not just about us, but I feel like you're speaking directly towards, to me. So, but keep going.
2: No, it. no. And, you know, it's, it's not meant to be, I, sorry, I think kind of going down that path, I think it's just like, you know, for for my own life, I mean, there were, there were areas in my life that God showed me when I prayed that prayer. Um, there were areas in my life where God showed me like, hey, you're not listening to me here. You want to hear me, but you're not listening to me here. Whether it was due to like, you know, something like, hey, you really want to find somebody and you really want to know if this person's the right person or what your future is going to be like there. But you're still, you know, obsessing over money and stock market and all this stuff, right? you want to have an answer on like, Hey, like, why am I still single? Like, where should I go to find this person? But yet you're still giving into certain addictions or you're still drinking. Mm. Time. Now that's not to be condemnation at all, but it is convicting, right? It is convicting. And there's a reason they call it dangerous prayer because God definitely unearthed some things in my life at that time where I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is something I need to take care of. And I can tell you that like, you know, if those things hadn't been taken care of by the time I got into a relationship, you know, like Sarah, I could tell like, yeah, I mean, we probably would have made it work just knowing what I know of her now and knowing what I know of us. Okay, maybe we wouldn't <laughs> but, uh, Sarah but, was
3: shaking her head, No, yeah,
2: she, was, she was gently shaking her head, like, you know, no, no. But, but, you know, so I say all that to say like, you know, instead of trying to ask, like, hey, like, you know, when am I, you know, is this the right one or not? I think the first prayer, and I think that this is a daily prayer, this is not something where you can just kind of ask in the moment when you wake up. It's like, hey, God, search my heart and show me any way that offends you. Where am I not following you? And I think that that's something where, you know, you really have to take a step back and do that first. That's kind of like one-on-one. And then I think from there, and that's for anything, right? Like, hey, I got this job interview. Should I take this job? Um, but I think in the relationship area, it's so important to have an anointing on that. Right. It's so important to have an anointing on that, because if not, I can tell you, like, you could go down some dark paths, like before I started following God. And actually the reason I really started getting into following God, like, you know, even starting to figure out, you know, what's a church that I could be in community and finding vibe and really just, you know, starting to really follow God was actually due to something with dating. And, you know, it was, I, uh, really thought that I I liked this woman a lot. And, you know, she, I thought, yep, she's the, she's going to be great. Like I want to date her, but she was not Christian at all. And, um, you know, I think that if I look, if I look back and I would have gone down the path, um, I could have seen myself definitely going and being in a very different place right now. So anyway, getting really long-winded, I would just say like, you know, for the guys that are really kind of struggling through that now, I think it's in order to hear from God, you have to listen to God, set the foundation first. Pray that prayer, try to have it daily. Um, I think it's just as important as really fortifying yourself against spiritual attack and just saying, like, God, you know, Holy Spirit, guard me against that. But I think that it's really important. And I think that it's really key because when you trust God with that, God sees that trust and He could do so much more with that than we could, you know, ever imagine. So I think that's really step number one. And you know what? Like, take the time. You know, it's just like, take the time. It's, I'm not saying that like once you get married, it's like, oh well, I miss being single. No, it's like take the time to be able to be to have that clarity of mind of that you only get by being a single man, right? Or a single woman.
1: Yeah. Like I
2: think some sometimes I look back and I'm like, wow, it's a really good thing that I had that time to be alone and process those things as a single person because now I know what I know and I'm taking that into this relationship, into this marriage with Sarah. Yeah. Um and I think it's a lot of that. That was really long. I apologize.
3: Please do not. I mean, if anything, we are just saying thank you, because I think one of the great things about having um, couples is that you get both of that male and female perspective. And Nicole just showed her notes. So that's just proof, like she's taking notes as you're talking. So thank you. But it's so important to have that male and female perspective. And it's easy as women, we are sitting around and sometimes we are talking about our perspective and sometimes making assumptions about what men are thinking. And so I think what you have to share, Eric, is so valuable, just as what Sarah is going to be sharing too, but having a male perspective, especially a Christian one, um, Mm. to be able to talk to the very things that I think the men in our community, the men of this world really need to hear, especially as we are in like a 2020 type of year where it is harder to date um, or just in times where dating looks different. It doesn't look like the way it looked 10 years ago. Um, and so we're having to kind of navigate as a generation of figuring out, okay, how do I date well? How do I become a single into maybe one day getting to relationship well under the context of what God is calling me to do? So everything you said was just, really, really helpful. I think even as a woman listening to a male perspective, and I think for the men who are going to be listening to this as well right
2: now. Can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Um, (laughs) The last thing I'll say is just like, you know, if you, if you're a guy and you consider yourself like a David, have your Jonathan, right? Like have your, have your person who's going to provide you with like, you know, surround yourself with good counsel. Um, I had men uh, in the church who were married. I had men in the church who were, you know, in relationships like surround yourself with good counsel because they're going to be the ones, like when God puts a word on your heart or on your mind, they're going to be the ones who help you to interpret that, right? Especially if they they have the gift of being able to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's completely fine to pray for that, right? The Holy Spirit is going to be ultimately what, controls everything, but it's having that counsel that really kind of gives you the opportunity. So I'll be the last thing I say is like, if you, if you are a David or you consider yourself David, I mean, I know it's kind of hard to find yourself a Jonathan that you can really bounce ideas off of and find people not like, you know, you don't need to have like the guru of dating as like the most perfect marriage. Like, you know, you don't need to find that, but find somebody who's like one step ahead of you, two steps ahead of you. You know, they've been in a successful relationship. They might be just starting to get married. They might be married, new couple. Because I think when you try to shoot for a mentor that's so high, it's harder to get that relation, relational area in there, right? So I would just say find somebody who is a couple steps ahead of you and then, you know, really just continue to work with them and seek their counsel because um, I think that's, that's something that really helped me a lot when I was, you know, dating Sarah.
3: Uh, We're going to need both of you guys just to do a devotional just for our podcast. No one else can take this idea. We're copywriting it and trademarking it in this very moment. We just need you guys to do just a very quick, we're not asking for a lot, devotional uh, for us because you guys are just amazing.
0: (laughs) And Sarah, are we going same question?
1: question Yes. <laughs> how to hold on to hope
0: yeah especially um
3: when you're can I here. confirm are you over 30 I don't want to put your age Woo! Woo!
4: yeah so, so it was the day after my 30th birthday that was awesome wow okay.
3: that's
4: very special Aww.
3: and I love that. and and so you yeah are in your 30s and so it's just like you are definitely, like, Nicole and I, and I'm sure other people who are listening to this as well, are at that stage where you're just like, okay, like, I thought I would have been married by now. Like, I'm, I mean, I know for myself, when I was younger, you know, you think 25 is like 100. So I was like, oh, most definitely by the time I'm 25 I'm be married, like, probably have children, and then you pass that 25, you pass that 28, you get to that 29, you're like, okay, Lord, We're getting close to that, that, that boundary and you hit 30 and, you know, you're almost just like, God, like what's happening. I know you were talking about a month prior or within that month, you had already heard from God, but I'm sure getting into your late twenties, how did you hold on to hope as maybe some of your friends, I don't know, were they already getting married, engaged, like, or how did you deal or live your single life well? Um, as you were getting older and holding on to that hope?
4: Yeah, it was interesting because I was never like that that type of girl to like, I, I never did that timeline thing to myself. Like when I think I'll get married by or whatever, but I did end up like early in my 20s. I remember like being in a relationship where like right off the bat, this guy was like, okay, this is my timeline. Like, we're going to get engaged. I'm going to finish this course, this program, we're going to get engaged at this time. We're going to get married by this time. We'll blah, blah, blah. And like, I was just like going along with the plan and then obviously it didn't work out, but I, I ended up in a lot of those relationships where like guys would talk like that and not necessarily mean it, which does a number on your trust as a Tell woman. Tell me about it. <laughs> us about and, it. and I also was just not being very intentional in my twenties. Like, mm-hmm. like I didn't have the strength in my identity to be really like, let me think about what I'm doing before I'm doing it. And I was never like a person who like wanted relationships, but I was in a bunch of relationships because it was almost like whenever an opportunity would arise, I would just like say yes. And then it turned into like having all these like, like relationships that just weren't turning out the way I expected. It became a belief in my heart where I was like, like guys are just going to tell you what they think you want to hear until you're like, at least four to six months into the relationship, that's when you really find out who they are. So I would just start like just getting in the relationship right away. Like let's get these months under our belt so that I can find out who you really are. And then I would find out this isn't really the type of person that I'm trying to end up with, but there was something in me that would just want to be so loyal And so I would always tell myself, like, every relationship is going to be work, like, I'm either going to have these problems with this person, or different problems with a different person. So I might as well just stay in this relationship and try to work through it, make it the best that it could be. And then of course, like, it wouldn't work out. And so I really had before I got ever to a place of like, being ready to be in a real, healthy, good relationship, like, I tried so hard to give up that hope because I wasn't, I knew that I was supposed to be a mom and have a family, but putting myself through that cycle with the relationships made me so just like emotionally exhausted. The trust wounds were like way too painful for me to deal with for a while. And that's at the point where I started just like saying, like, I'm just going to pray for God to take away the mom calling so that I don't have to, I don't have to deal with this rest of my stuff. Like I've dealt with the trust stuff to the point where I can function as a single person. So let me just leave it there because it hurts too much to go further into it. And I remember like telling my spiritual mentor one time, like, no, I I decided I don't want to have a relationship or ever get married. Like I would just rather stay single. So I'm just praying now like that I, that God will like, let me not be a mom you know, because if I don't have to have kids, then I don't have to get married. And then I don't have to do any of this. And she was like, Sarah, that's not God's will for your life. (laughs) And, uh, and she was like, if that's what you're thinking, like, then there's like really deeper stuff going on, you know? And so that's when we got into the trust stuff. And, and she was like, do you want me to help you walk through these issues that you have with trust? And I was like, no. And, (laughs) and so she was like, Okay, well then I can't help you really. Like I guess I'll pray for you and let me know if you change your mind. Mm. And it was probably a good like 6 months before I changed my mind. And I was like, "Okay, I'm ready." And so like I sat down with her and just kind of like told her everything I could and she would just kind of pull out like, "Okay, I'm I'm like this is a lie that I noticed that I think you're believing and like this is a, a wound that I think I heard you like mention, you know, like these are the things that you need to go back and like really bring to the feet of the Lord. And he's the only one who can heal those things, you know. And so it wasn't until after I dealt with all that stuff that I still was like super content being alone, but I knew that wasn't the plan anymore. And and I was okay with it now, you know, so I had to get to that place before meeting Eric. I don't know if that really helps about holding on to hope because that's not thats not what I was trying to do.
3: <laughs> it wasn't what you were trying to do, but you clearly, I think sometimes we are able to, when you look back, I think your story can still, it speaks to me of someone who, even though you may not have intentionally gone about it that way, there was still something within you that it was just like, i am I'm, I'm seeking out the right way. And yeah. I think in that way, it's like, you wouldn't have been trying that hard like getting a mentor is an easy sitting and having her read you your you know your rights left and for and like left and right and tell you all about yourself no one wants to hear that from their parent a mentor nobody so the fact that you were willing to go through that level of fire um, Mm -hmm. to refine allow yourself to be refined there had to be some sort of thing that you were holding on to or hoping to get at the end of that that even though that wasn't your intention, that was still what your feet were moving to. Was was that? That's what your feet were mo- moving towards. So, um, yeah, no, you definitely answered m- my question, Nicole.
0: No, I got. I mean, I got nothing. I, I really, just us, to to <laughs> us, like, really just want uh, <laughs> to. we really just mic drop, mic drop, mic drop. And I really, I just took notes again. I have a whole page.
2: <laughs> but but I, you know, I think. I that- think- Oh sorry, go ahead, Nicole. No,
0: no, go, go ahead, Eric.
2: I was just gonna say, like, you know, I think I'd be the the common theme that I think you know both of us have really kind of and Elizabeth, what you just you know kind of hit on is you know, a lot of the time it's not just like really, I think it's easy for us to say, like, what's wrong with me? Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's so easy for that. I mean, God knows I asked myself that so many times, right? It's like, is it this, is it this, is it this? And I think it's just a matter of like really try to turn that into something constructive right because if you just say like what's wrong with me you're not you're just going to always be from that position of like oh something is definitely wrong with me like i just it's it's the way i look it's the way that i carry myself maybe i'm too combative maybe i'm like you know kind of quiet uh but the thing is is like i think that the other way the other part of that is like always looking at other people right and i think that's dangerous as well it's like hey Oh, no one's good enough for me. Like, I just haven't found the person that's going to be good enough, you know? And that was my biggest problem. I have a friend who could tell you, like, you know, he's been a friend of mine for over 15 years. He would just always get upset with me because he'd be like, Eric, you literally go on dates with like, you know, two dates and you find something wrong and that's it. Um, and, you know, it's RIP, right? Like it's RIP, it's, it's, it's done. Um, but I do think that, you know, it is healthy and it's done a lot. I know, like you just heard from Sarah, it is healthy to look inward. Not just Mm -hmm. my fault, but I think it's healthy to look inward and to really bring God into your situation. Right. That's one of the things I think it's so hard to bring to God because we almost feel ashamed. And it's like, we're coming at the position of like, why haven't I met anybody? But I think sometimes it's really healthy to just take a step back to God, like, you know, what are you trying to show me right now? Because there might be something there. You know what I mean? There might be something there. I know there was for me. um, And uh, yeah, I, I guess I just wanted to call out that, you know, just like that, that common theme across this is like, you know, just, yeah, just try to try to ask God, like, hey, like, what are you trying to show me about me?
4: Yeah. And one of the really cool things that came out of that was through, you know, I thought oh I have these relationship wounds. And so in the process of bringing them to God and letting him really like shed light on those things and really like pull them all the way out un like, uh, take the roots out. And to be able to see what was really going on. First, I had trust issues with God that that he wasn't really going to come through for me in the way that everybody else said he was going to come through for me. Like, why would I deserve that? And then once I worked through those second, I had trust issues with myself. Like, like what if the problem is not that I'm these guys are not matching up with me, but like, what if I am never going to be able to choose a good person for myself? Like what if I don't have that discernment? I didn't trust that in myself. So I had to work through that. And then on the end of it, I found out, like, it's not really that guys are not showing me their true selves until four to six months in. It's that I don't know how to identify the characteristics that they're showing me as I'm getting to know them. And so I ended up going to a professional therapist, a Christian, uh, whether LMFT Yeah, yeah. Family,
3: licensed marriage, family therapist. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And she had me write down a list of what I want in my husband and write down a list of what I don't want in my husband. And then we spent weeks going line by line through each of these lists and talking about when you're getting to know a person, this is how you identify whether they have this characteristic or not. And so after doing that, that I think is the first time in many years that I really felt hopeful about having another relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, now Mm -hmm. I feel like I have the tools. I could actually like make a good choice. I could know what I'm doing as I'm getting into it, not like finding out once I'm already invested. And that was exciting to feel like capable and like confident in it, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: The thing that like has resonated with me I think just in what everything the one thing that I've taken is the that it's not there's there's no age limit on self-growth and self-reflection and like putting yourself in a better space to be better for someone else. Um, and I don't mean that like oh I'm bettering myself for someone else. Like no I'm gonna better myself because that's what I want to do for me. But at the end of the day like you both had sought out like this is what I want in my partner. This is who I and it doesn't matter. There's no age limit on on growth there's no age limit on any form of self-reflection i think listening to you guys both speak and like what where you guys came from and what your journey was to be getting to this point um this the self-reflection the self-talk the the you know the solo trips or whatever you guys are doing to get to this like there was no age limit on any of it, you know, it wasn't a thing of like, Oh, I'm too old to do this or, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm too old to get married at this point. So why even try and change this or why try even dig deep and figure out what's wrong on the inside? Like there was never a point where you said, "Eh, and I'm, I'm 30 at this point. It's I'm done. Like, no, it's like, no, we're still going to do it. So, I mean, I think that's encouraging. Yeah. I'm I'm 32. So it's definitely encouraging for me to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've even had a we've had some some comments from younger girls like 22, 25 that are struggling because they're single and they want to get married like right. And I'm like, no. And this is so good for them because like I'm already thinking about like who's going to listen and like what years this is going to fall on. And like I really, like there is no rush to do anything. There's no rush to grow up. There's no rush to Uh get. There's no rush to do these things. And I mean, I've I've witnessed. I haven't. Elizabeth said, I can't call myself a rookie Christian anymore, but I still consider myself a rookie Christian, but, but but I feel like I I, kind of, but I've definitely, the more that I've gotten into, you know, being a Christian and like this whole, just what it means. Like I have seen a lot of younger um, adults get married quickly and I've never seen, I've never, and it's like, I, I I didn't, yeah, yeah, I've never noticed or understood it. Like I've never, I just, I don't get it. For me, but it's like when you're in this and you've been raised in the church and you are 25, 26, 27 and you're a female and it's like, oh, I'm having friends that are now like on their third anniversary and like, I'm still single. Like, I didn't realize Elizabeth has brought this to my attention of the pressure that you kind of. Um, absent mindedly put on yourself, or that you don't realize that you're taking in, and it's like just hearing like you guys talk, like I said, like the there's no age limit to anything, like especially there's no age limit on love. I mean, that was yeah,
1: one
0: true. of our episodes, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's just yeah. my little takeaway and in my in yeah. my page of notes that I have,
2: and and you know, as you were saying that, Nicole, you know, no age limit on love, you know, I was reminded. You know, um, for those who don't know, um, I had the opportunity of co-leading a a men's group uh, for a church with uh, uh, another amazing guy, uh, John Hopkins. But um, but yeah, you know, there was I mean, when I think of just how diverse that group was. Right. It wasn't just diverse from a where people came from, what type of work they did, their race, their nationality, but also age. And there was a guy that was in there. I'm not going to name names, but, you know, just a really solid guy um, had been through a divorce um and you know it was just kind of like you know weathering this change in his life and you know he uh he was probably closer to 50s his, his early to mid 50s and you know like he walked it through with us you know he just kind of shared it with us so I think you're absolutely right I mean there's there's no limit on it right and you also brought up something too about like you know all this developing right like you know even even though Sarah and I are married like it didn't just kind of say okay now we're done right. like there are still Things that like you know I obviously struggle with, I, just as I'm sure Sarah does, and it's just like hey you know like if you think that you're ever done learning or developing on this, um, you know single, married, divorce, then that is the day that things start kind of descending, right? That's when things start descending. It has to be something where you're always seeking out counsel, otherwise you're going to find yourself literally like you know I hate to say it sounds like such a masculine or like a chauvinist thing, but you're going to be showing up to a you know with a knife to a gunfight like literally it's mm-hmm. just that. So I agree with you. And, you know, the whole age, you know, I think that, yeah, I mean, doesn't matter what age you are. You definitely, it is something that like, you know, yeah, like you're never too old to, to really find love or, you know, stop learning.
3: Something that Sarah said, and then Eric, you ended up touching on again and just what you said as well is this concept of, um, made me think of this, the concept where a lot of times everyone is like, oh, you complete me or feeling as if, you know, being married is this finish line that if you finish all these levels in life, then you are rewarded with this thing. So like, once you like lead the Bible study and become a pastor and you do all these things on a to-do list, like that's when God's going to reward you with a husband or a wife. And so we know truthfully, like you're never going to be completely whole before a relationship. I'm sure you guys could probably have things that come straight to mind already that, um, in being newlyweds, like maybe that um have you begin to see as like areas of growth um together now as one unit and so how were you guys able to take um how are you guys able to trust and then take leaps of faith in in those areas where you felt like you weren't completely whole in so it's like maybe before you got married you were still like i know god's still working on this area in my life but like i'm not going to allow that to hold me back from Mm -hmm entering into this relationship and maybe not even before, you know, your wedding date, but when you guys first met.
2: Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, I know it sounds nuts that it comes this quickly to me, but one thing, and you know, like I could go back and just kind of really figure out, like I've, I've been working on this my whole life and I'm still working on that. I am mean, probably going to be working on it until the damn, you know, I'm no longer here, but um, confidence. And it's always nuts, right? Because, Every single time that I bring up like confidence is something that I've struggled with for my entire life. Um, People always think I'm nuts, or like you, like you know. Yeah, I would
3: totally say that because you know, I I, we call you Batman because Eric is Captain Cool. Like literally, everything could be on fire around him, and he'll give the best speech known in history, or like direct everything (laughs) around him in perfect unison. And everyone's just like, "How did you do that?" Big (laughs) (laughs) thanks.
2: I appreciate that. Um, but you know, I think that it's, uh, yeah, it's something that I've struggled with and, you know, it's often been to the detriment of, you know, relation, you know, potential relationships, not just romantic, but also, you know, friendships and stuff like that. Like I've definitely seen the havoc that it's wreaked. Um, and you know, getting into a marriage, uh, yeah. And even into relationship, like, you know, even swiping right. And like, you know, the first thing I said is like, wow, I hope she swiped right on the right guy. I wonder if I'm going to hear from her. You know, I think that that's just being real, you know, like, I mean, that's being real. And I think that, you know, it is something that I definitely was like, okay, you're about to get into a marriage, like, you know, confidently made the decision that I knew I wanted to marry Sarah, but now what about the rest of it, right? What about the remaining, hopefully 60 years that, you know, we're going to have together. Um, and, you know, it's something where I said, you know, if I wouldn't have had the foundation that I'd had before, I think it would be a lot more of like a, t- a tougher nuts to-, to chew, right? Like, I think it would have been a, a lot tougher to really deal with that. Um, but... I think that when I just said, God, like, I know you're going to do what you're going to do with this. Um, I think he was able to do it now. I know we talked about, you know, it's like, Hey, you complete me. I don't think at any point that I thought like, okay, I'm going to get with Sarah and I'm immediately going to, I'm going to use her to feel better about myself, right? Like by having it's somebody exactly who right. agree to marry me. Cause I think that that's completely unhealthy, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm just being real, like I've seen, relationships like that, it's completely unhealthy, right? Because when that person doesn't deliver, like we're all fallible, we're human beings. um, That's when like, you know, you literally see the foundation go up from underneath. So I think that what was different from like, you know, say four or five years ago versus when I actually, you know, asked Sarah to marry me now that we're going through this, I think it was like saying, God, I know that I'm imperfect. I know that, you know, I, I can't really have every single answer. And I know this, you know, is still something that I'm dealing with, you know, the proverbial thorn in the side. But, um, I can definitely say that uh, God has been able to do more with it. You know, I think that it's like, hey, the fact that you recognize that you're imperfect shows and the fact that you're coming to me shows that you're trusting in me, and with that trust, I'm going to be able to do so much more for this. And are there times where you know it, it rears its ugly head and like you know presents itself absolutely right It's like oh my gosh, I said this thing, like, is it right? Should I, should I recant it? Like, what should I say? Oh, did I do the right thing? Oh, is she, you know, am I being good enough? Am I cleaning up enough? You know, there are these little questions that will go through it. Anybody who's had confidence issues um, can definitely attest to that, right? You get those questions in your mind. Um, but I think, again, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, like, you're never going to be 100% perfect. You know, you're never going to be 100% perfect. You're never going to be 100% ready. You know, I think that the thing that really makes me scared—I mean—and I'm—I'm excited for it, but I'm also afraid of it—is uh, becoming a dad. You know what I mean? Like, what's mm, that?
3: And we're—we're we're ready. We're ready. <laughs> here for it. Here for it.
2: But the thing is—is is, you know—if I waited until, especially someone like me being like almost like a perfectionist at times, if I were to wait until I felt like everything was ready and perfect, um, I probably would have missed out on Sarah. You know what I mean? Like, probably would have missed out on. So I think that what you know, especially as us guys, us guys are going to try to like stunt and be like, Hey, you know what? Like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You know? Yeah. You could be kind of like, you know, kind of like that, that like overly competent, but I think that what guys really need to do is really just understand that like, Hey, there are things that do need to be resolved before you get in, but you're never going to have everything perfect. Right. If you have addictions, if you have things that are detriment, if you have things that are going to kill a relationship um, then you just really need to make sure that you take care of those, but you're never going to be like the most confident that, you know, you need to be, you're never going to be perfect when it comes to being a communicator. You're never going to be perfect when it comes to being like able to resolve every issue. But that being said, I don't think you should go into a relationship with like overwhelming debt. I don't think you or a marriage with overwhelming debt. I don't think you should go into a marriage with, you know, I'm just going to come out and say it, a porn addiction. You know what I mean? You shouldn't go into marriage you with it. No, just like kind of that. But anyway, I'm going to just stop there. But I just want to say like, yeah, if you waited until you thought you had it perfect, it's not going to happen. But there are things that you do need to fix before getting into a marriage.
4: I think that like the the way that we learned to live our full lives as single individuals before we knew each other and not feeling like we were waiting for something or like there was a missing piece. I think that really put us in a position, even though we weren't perfect and we knew that we were both working towards growth in different areas, it put us in a position when we got together that we weren't looking for each other to meet needs in our own lives and allowed us to really just celebrate who each other is as we got to know each other, you know, and still. And I think I've heard from several people over the years, like when you, like you should, when you're getting to know someone dating someone, like when there are things that like, if you're thinking about getting married, like if there are things about that person that you feel like if that doesn't change, I, Mm. I I won't be able to handle it in 10 years. Like that's, you don't want to, you don't want to go into a marriage with things like that on the table, but you also need to go into the marriage knowing that people change over time Mm -hmm. and you have to give each other that space and that room and like you just can't like okay everything is going to look exactly the way i expect it to look you can't you just can't come in with that kind of like specific expectation it's another person you know who's like completely different from you so you have to expect things to change and grow in ways you are not gonna that are gonna surprise you and like Mm. that's not bad yeah um and then, what was the other thing I was going to say?
2: Um, That's another imperfection I have. I can't read her mind.
4: <laughs> Come on, Eric. You're Batman. You what should, are you doing? You should know how to do these things. <laughs> the other thing that I think is so cool about just like having, you know, we still, you know, we, like we were saying, like marriage is not the finish line, it's not the reward for solving all the levels of life. Like we obviously still have like areas we want to grow in and areas we're developing in. And one thing that we talked about with the pastor from my church who did our premarital counseling and also pastor Bobby from vive. I've had conversations with him about this, where like the marriage altar, like when you think about an altar, like that's where you go to sacrifice things. Like that's where like things go to the altar to die And so when you're at the marriage altar, the things that you don't want to bring into your marriage, like you leave those there, like those you can bring along there. And it's a starting point for what do you want to add in together? Like, what do you want your life to look like together? What do you want to establish anew and, and start, you know, bring forward for, for your marriage, for your kids, Mm. for the next generation, you know, like what do you want to put into place? And so that's, it's just a really cool, like we get to pick what we want our life to be like, and it's going to be unique because it's us two people, unique people coming together, you know?
2: And you, you brought up something so good about like kind of, you know, changing people or like, you know, expecting people to change. I'm just going to come out and say one of the biggest things I've learned um, is um, it's not your job to, to change somebody else.
4: That is one of the biggest things I've learned yeah. too. and like literally yeah. just went in the last month.
2: Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Wait, is that no. pair up- <laughs> Wait.
1: Hold
3: on. That's you guys have been married for about a month. Is that?
2: Yeah, I know. Yes. I it was, okay, so so thirty days. Okay, before we got married. All right, cool. <laughs> no, but 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 I mean seriously, like you know, it, it's not your job to change somebody, and you know I think that when you get into that mindset, it can be so destructive because you are essentially saying, you know what, I am settling for what got less than potentially than what God has for me with this, right? You're signing up for something and saying like, Hey, you know what? Like, um, I, he or she has this, you know, care, critical character flaw. Uh, but I think it's not, uh, like, as we say in the recruiting world, you know, it's not, it's, it's not a deal breaker. It's not an instant, you know, kind of thing. So, I mean, I just, I, I just really want people to know, like, you know, for people here in this, like, if you feel like you are like, okay, they're good, but I feel like this has to change, but I can help them do that. You're setting yourself up for failure. I mean, just, just point blank period at the end. I think that, you know, you can pray to God and just really say like, Hey, like, you know, what is this for me? Like, you know, do you, do you see me, do you see us working through, or do you see me working through this? But if you already are going in and saying like, I expect them to change and it's, it's not going to work well, you're going to have a bad time.
4: Yeah.
1: Massive mic drop like
3: you guys have given us so many nuggets as we say chick-fil-a fries chick-fil-a fries um what else is on the menu the sauce chick-fil-a sauce specifically polynesian Uh, polynesian (laughs) all of that spicy sriracha everything has been in this conversation you both clearly have whether you realize it or not have lived the type of life that is really a testimony to people and it's a testimony to me um as someone who related to so much of what you guys talked about as someone who can definitely be a perfectionist eric someone who um you know i'm willing to hear the the tough um information that i get from people that i respect and everything but it's actually in, like the implementation of what they tell you afterwards that really makes the difference you can hear it um but to actually act it out is what our faith is about you know Mm -hmm. and also um what makes us truly the people that God is calling us to be and I think and you guys so naturally sharing that just shows that you guys um yeah are 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 moving in the direction that God clearly has his hands over. So I'm just so excited. I know you guys are newlyweds, but I'm just so excited for the the ministry that your marriage is going to have for people in all relationship statuses, not just single, not just dating, and not even just married, but everyone across the board. And I know, I Sarah, you work with children or youth.
4: Oh, yes i was like wait did i just make my job and i was like no oh sorry i was like wait did i just make that I up? up maybe yeah, there's a different thing i did i was on the youth leadership team for the youth group at my church
3: yeah and what an amazing example for them to see whether i'm sure they know it or not just to be able in the little things that you say or how you um carried yourself in a relationship and now in a marriage is going to be I, i'm sure um, and has been I'm sure just a testimony to them to see that as an example um and yeah I at this point I'm pretty much speechless and that's not easy for me to be because I could talk for days but <laughs> Nicole can you can you tap in here I'm i gonna need a break
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're water- so water break um I already said my piece earlier about my takeaways and I'm just going to piggyback off what you said and just say, ditto. I agree with everything because I want to get into a fun. Um, this was not on the, the agenda, what? but I want to do like a newlywed game. That's so it. it's like my favorite. I don't know why all of a sudden we started doing this, but Elizabeth and I will say like, oh, we'll decide on something. Like she'll have her yes. answer and I have mine. And so mm-hmm. I'll count down and say three, two, one. And then we both like, we say the same thing at the same time, like we just go with it. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do the same little thing here. I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to count three, two, one. And then you have to say the person's name that, that you would, that you think. Okay. So like the first question is going to be, who's the better driver? I'll say three, two, one. And then you got to pick who's the better driver between the two. Okay. We (laughs) got (laughs) it. Okay. So who is the better driver? Ready? Three. Two, one. Eric. <laughs> uh, they each said Sarah. each other. Sarah said me, and Eric yeah. said Eric. They <laughs> chose me. Oh,
1: third person.
3: Maybe when you guys are driving separately, you guys are each the better driver, but um, I guess it's still going to be unknown when you guys are both in the same car. Ooh, oh my God,
0: that was classic. That was so good. Okay.
2: <clears throat> it's, it's I mean, I know I hate to interrupt, but like, you know, seriously, like <laughs> some of the biggest sources, that I no problem revealing this Some of the biggest sources of our fights that we've had have been around driving, so.
3: (laughs) That was a good question then, Nicole. You really just brought out the natural conversation and just.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. I think this one's going to be even better. I don't know though, okay. Number two, who is more funny? Three, two, one, Eric.
1: Sarah.
0: Oh, (laughs) They both said it with such confidence too. Like I got it. The yeah, That's such
1: a compliment. you think I'm that funny? <laughs> What's so? Oh. Okay. You
0: should okay. Be loud more often than. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. We have two more. Oh my gosh, I don't even want to stop. This is so much fun. Right. Okay. Next one. Who is the better cook? Oh. Three, two, oh, one. I I was gonna say Sarah too. I've actually experienced Sarah's cooking and it was and I was like yeah. I I like even turned to her at one point and I was like, What did you put in this? And she was like, Oh, you probably taste this, this and I was like, I don't know, but my, my, it was good, whatever it
3: is.
2: I mean, bros- I'm, the, I'm the type to go to Chick-fil-A, drive through, get the sandwich, slice it up into five pieces the filet into five pieces and put it in on a bed of lettuce and say, Hey, look what I made. Like, you know, that's
4: oh wow Wow. that's a good job though actually creativity last week a lot of times we make dinner together but last week i hurt my back and he made the whole meal and did all the cleaning on his own just so that i could like sit with my heating pad and the food was delicious
0: this is the heating
3: wait was this the eric just showed the the heating pad he wanted to make sure that was included in the episode <laughs> so it made a feature as well but wait was did you was it the chick-fil-a souffle that you specialize in oh, what you made
4: chicken. oh
2: yeah
4: what vegetables did you make broccoli broccoli
2: yeah anything baked potato yeah it's, yeah it's like caveman diet stuff except it's not really paleo at all but you know it's no, like it was really <laughs> I don't know caveman diet or paleo. I just know
3: that there's some kind of food involved. I, I just, just know eat. that I can't do it because pizza is not included. So I
0: know. Hard part. Okay. Last one. Who is more likely to be late? Three, two, one.
3: Sarah.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. One
2: accord.
3: One accord.
2: And the reason I say that is because I'm I'm like notoriously on time, like literally, if we're talking flights, even in pandemic era, um, which obviously stay safe, you know, (laughs) um, like I'll literally always have a rule to show up, you know, at least an hour and a half prior to a domestic. If it's international, forget about it. I'll show up three hours in advance and like, you know, just chill at the airport like I'm a nut. So, yeah.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. You would, you would hate to travel with me, like hate it. I'm like the person that like brings a carry on. And I'm like, Oh, 30 minutes till my flight takes off. Cool. I'll make it through. No problem. Like, let me just.
2: <laughs> remind me, at, offline remind me to tell you the t- uh, a time my, one of my teams that I managed one time played a prank on me with that. It was, I, I'm, I'm getting heart palpitations thinking about the prank that they pulled on me with that. Oh my I, goodness.
0: Oh my goodness! I couldn't even. Well, I just want to say thank you for um, joining us. It has been an absolute pleasure and really just an honor to just like listen. Even though I mean, I know Elizabeth and Eric, you guys have done your midweeks together and co-hosted many other things. Yes, um, yeah. They are quite the duo. I just, yes, I was, are. I was actually quite intimidated coming into this because I was like, oh. I've got to actually, I don't know, I don't know where I fit into this right now. They're so. And you guys can't see it, but on top of just,
3: if you thought that their words were amazing, they're actually matching. We were talking about this Mm -hmm. before we started recording. They are, they are sporting, it looks like a cotton blend cream right now. And so, uh, and like dark pants Mm -hmm. and they are just matching to the T very much a nice. Fabulous. Excellent couple of the year, love it. But uh, I'm this, this has this is only um, this is part two, right? So we still have one more couple to, to bring into this COVID love story series. But we are so excited, um, that you guys got to join us today. And next, you guys are going to be hearing from Nam and Eunice. You're um, you. Yes, oh. which is oh. nice. definitely another amazing COVID love, love story that truly is a quintessential love story met at the beginning of March and are going to be married this month. So Ooh. make wow. sure you stay tuned. Join us next week as we um, will be interviewing them as well. But like Nicole said, sarah eric you guys are gems thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing so much of your wisdom and experience with uh-huh. all of us but as always i'm elizabeth
0: and i'm nicole
4: we're the portons
2: and you're listening to real talk real love real god bye, bye. bye. bye.